What is going on, people? Sean here, the host of Room 9. It is Monday, May 27th. Hope you guys are finding yourselves in a wonderful state of mind this Memorial Day. I am here to introduce episode 29. Coming up on 30 episodes, I like it. It was really kind of surreal to see how far Room 9 has come. I am close to having this to be an official company where I will be able to offer recovery coaching and the podcast. And I want to start going around more to rehabs and schools and do substance use awareness presentations. I think that would be awesome. I'm going to start trying to line more of those events up and do some things like that. I also thought about maybe doing like a Room 9 fundraiser slash event this summer, but I don't know. You guys would have to let me know if that sounds good to you. And you can do that by filling out a contact form at room9podcast.com. Go to our contact page and sign up for our newsletter and everything else. And I will stay in touch with you and I would love to hear from you about what is awesome about this podcast, about what could be changed, what you'd like to hear, topics, whatever that may be. You could also hop on the support page and read a letter to a donor and help out financially to get the message of Room 9 spread further and further and to reach more ears. That would be absolutely wonderful. I was thinking yesterday as I was doing some work at a coffee shop, I kind of got stuck on just kind of daydreaming about happiness. And really, essentially, unhappiness is almost like the failure to recognize one's own abundance, in a sense. And it's just the absence of gratitude. I think more more often than not, it's an absence of gratitude than it is an imbalance in, like, say, serotonin or whatever. And I'm not saying there's not. There's no such thing as depression, chemical imbalances, and all of that in the brain. Obviously, that is. But I feel like, for the most part, it's situational sadness, and we fail to miss the mark sometimes as far as how blessed we are. And I think that's something I personally need to continuously be aware of, that I am a very, very lucky individual and human being. I have so many things going for me right now. It's incredible. So many people that are supporting me and helping me. And that's not only in a financial aspect, it's just in general, just people sharing and just support and believe what I'm doing is an awesome thing. And it's amazing to see. It really is. And I'm very thankful and humbled and extremely blessed to be in the position I'm in right now, considering where I was over 13 months ago. It's incredible. So anyway, episode 29 of Room 9. Sit down with Garrett Farrell, who is also an Oxford House member. Not the one that I'm in, but he's in Stevenson Oxford House. And his girlfriend joins us. So it's cool. This is an example of one of my favorite things about this podcast is the organic conversations that happen. And that's what this one was all about. I think Garrett's girlfriend, Morgan, was a little apprehensive in the beginning of even doing this. And once we got started, she really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Garrett really enjoyed it. And it was just really a conversation we talked about. Geez, a lot. But we talked about some main things we talked about were boundaries and that fine line between helping and enabling We discussed psychoactive substances and the benefits that are being found out with them and in recovery. We talked about a little bit of psychotherapy in recovery and just becoming more self-aware of a lot of things. And it was just a great conversation all around. And I think you guys will really enjoy it. As always, it flew by. I looked up and we were an hour and 15 minutes into this. So it's definitely a beautiful thing. So anyway, without further delay, I will let you listen to it. Episode 29 with Garrett and Morgan. All right, enjoy. Wait a minute. You're Sean Cuddy. That's right. How you gonna know? You're Sean Cuddy. Stop asking fucking questions. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You better believe it. Oh, you better believe it. Right.
Come on. You're Sean Cuddington. That's right. <clears throat> Bob Rub. Oh my, that was some of my favorite when I lived in Southwest Florida. I've met like, that's right. Like my one roommate had a friend for like 14 years. He's known the suit. And he introduces me to him. He's like, yo, Sean, this is a good buddy. <laughs> and I ask him later, like, yo, what's his real name? He's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? That's his real literally name? on his social security card. Yeah. <laughs> it's good buddy. It's like McLovin. Yeah. Yeah. McLovin. Oh my God. Exactly. What do you seal? <laughs> Yeah, good buddy, I'm tra- cool guy. There's so many fucking redneck. I'm like, got it. Okay, I love if I could if I could immerse myself in any culture and just become ignorant again. It would, ah, it would be redneck blissful ignorance. Yep. I miss it. I miss it. Mm, Some of us it, don't get to bit. float around in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah floating's accurate because I can float right away. Oh yeah, can I float with you? <laughs> I don't know if we could handle it. When we met, I used that like as a line. She's like, "I gotta go float and do my whatever." I'm like, "Can I float with you?" <laughs> yeah, floating. I love that. Um, sensory deprivation tanks. Oh yeah, I've never done that before. Yeah, they have one out in Williamsville. Do they? Yeah, yeah. Those it's are pretty. pretty cool. Those are pretty trippy to go in there. Even sober, you go in there. Sober. I bet. Yeah, I bet. And yeah, that's it's fucking weird as shit. I bet. Yeah, that's. Sensory deprivation. Sensory, yeah, deprivation. Take you float in water about yeah. what fourteen inches of water. Or so? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But they have float. so yeah they have so much salt in it oh. that you actually You're just more float buoyant. and it's black. So like all your senses are gone. Can't that hear, can't like see. Terrifying. Oh, yeah. very, Anything where deprivation is used to, as a descriptor really <laughs> sounds like wow. If well, I can't use all my senses. Like it's crazy how when you do think I about. Yeah, well, it's nuts when you think about how you kind of just, I mean, how we perceive our universe with just our senses, obviously, because mm-hmm. there's no other way. Mm-hmm. And when you cut those Excuse off me. and you're just left alone in your mind, it's it's really bizarre. It'd be dope. It's very. My um, mind's a scary fucking place. Can I swear on it? Fuck yeah. Oh, word. Okay. Fuck yeah. I don't know. There's fuck an explicit yeah. next to every episode. Oh, is there? Yep. So, like, there's a, a disclaimer? Yep. Oh, no yeah. shit. Yeah, okay. Word. So I got to temper myself. No. I yeah. want to say something, though, about back to the deprivation thing. And you said your mm-hmm. mind is a scary place. It can be. It's interesting to think about, like, people who do struggle and feel, like, trapped in their minds. Like, imagine we didn't have the senses to be able to... Distract ourselves? Just survive, manage that experience. Like, our senses play into our mind for sure. And not having things like that that are, I guess, helpful tools would probably be very scary for some people. Absolutely. That's why people are addicted to their cell phones. Like, why would I... I can look at this stupid thing and scroll through Facebook and whatever, and I don't got to worry about my problems. Yeah, I mean, idiots, and they release dopamine, but that's a whole other topic. No, I agree. There definitely needs to be, you know, our senses definitely allow Mm -hmm. some tension to be relieved. For sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They use that kind of thing with um, people who have, like, phobias and stuff, like fear of flying, fear of small spaces, spiders. There's, in my psych training, uh, we learned about um, virtual reality therapy where really? like they would be wearing like a freaking helmet thing with you know simulated surroundings and um, like for somebody who's like fear of heights one of the um, I guess fake experiences with that was that they were going like up an elevator so huh. they were it was like actually like they were in an elevator going up like you know on a hundred story building and working on their and, huh? um, but throughout the therapy That's process let's say you saw your therapist like once a week or maybe once a month, it would increase in its height. Um, mm-hmm. And then they would do kind of a anxiety scale assessment. They ask like scaling questions, like on a scale of one to 10 since last time raising up one floor or something like that. Like how would you rate yourself? Things like that. And it's, it's virtual reality therapy is what it's called, but the concept is exposure. Exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So it desensitizes yeah. you. That's an to, interesting way to do um, it. A fear that's actually really irrational because, like, being in an elevator is quite safe. You know, if it breaks down, there's ways to get out. Mm-hmm. There's the, the help phone. Like, there's just things. But when people are afraid so petrifyingly, they can't understand the concept of an escape. So that's something that's um, our senses are played on for something like that. It's pretty neat. Yeah, that's 
that whole like zone of proximal development mm-hmm. when you just kind of slowly take go as far as you can and mm-hmm. then the next day mm-hmm. go as far as you can mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like something i've applied in my mm-hmm. life continuously just as far as even growth mm-hmm. and goals and because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a huge thing mm-hmm. like, and it's starting small yeah like, obviously which like, is huge and it's whatever a client would choose like sometimes it's the like my mom has a terrifying fear of like major highways she will not Really? She, and I don't know where it comes from. She's never had a bad experience. As a child she, or nothing? Nothing. Wow. She just hates the high speeds, the, you know, multiple lanes. People from those areas are very used to, like, passing with, like, one car length between you and the next. It's mm-hmm. a psycho. I, I won't do that, but, like, I'm comfortable. Highways are more safe than any other mm-hmm. any other roadway, to be honest. And that speed, you just have to be a little bit more aware of your surroundings. But, like, that is an example. Like, some therapists would, like, maybe be driving along with someone in their vehicle. In, like, a virtual but reality? Not, no, in, no, real, in life. real life. Just in real life. General, so, yeah. it's, it's not my kind of therapy. Sorry to interrupt, like, because it's quite involved and, like, I imagine it's quite expensive if you don't have some sort of coverage or something. Like, you're going out in the field, like, doing things that are not just face-to-face talk therapy and, you know, a rented space of the therapist. It Mm -hmm. just, it it seems like a lot. And that's probably what would, like, avert me to doing something like that. I would probably try something different for my phobias if I had any, but it's just, it's just knowing that that kind of stuff is out there as treatment is like pretty wild. There is some crazy like, stuff our, out our there. Our field has evolved quite a bit to be able to help the human mind. Insane since the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, it yeah. has. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, pretty fascinating. Mostly why I love it. It is. I've been I've been obsessed with. I'm trying to think what got me into psychology. I'm trying to remember what made me fall in love with it. Ooh, tell me. I mean, mainly Carl Jung, but. Yep. I mean, I just fell in love with his stuff immediately, just because I always loved how he brought Eastern and Western mm-hmm. thought together. He was one of the first people to really start doing that. You Have know. you seen A Dangerous Method? Mm-mm. That movie? No. It's with him, uh, his character, and um, uh, Sigmund Freud, and, and Freud, um, their yeah. partnership in the field based on one subject that they were working on, the first case of hysteria. It was this woman, hmm. and they were actual like colleagues studying this woman, but there was an incident that took place where their partnership had a falling out, and then they became kind of enemies in the field of psychology, yeah, no was, longer colleagues. That was with, always interesting, because Freud was, that was Freud's man. Like, yeah, he thought young would his, replace like, him. Part- Carrying his name on and oh, yeah. out of all the it's such a good movie and Viggo Mortensen is in it. Is really? And, okay. um, Does it take place? Michael in a Fassbender. Um, they are in uh, a school yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Kira yeah, Knightley yeah, yeah. is yeah. their patient. I've seen it. I have it's seen so it. good. What's it called? A dangerous a method. Dangerous method. Oh, I'm actually, definitely watching that. Yeah. They've got a Carl Jung Society in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. We, we just uh, passed it. Yeah, absolutely. They like came outside. Nerd like nerd for type. sure, man. Yeah, I've, I've been like, there a couple times. On, on yeah. Delaware, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude like came out. He's like, "Why don't you come in and join us?" It used to be on like, Franklin. Uh, yeah. Let me grab my girlfriend. Maybe it is Franklin because it's right behind. Oh no, it was on Delaware. But isn't that per, uh, what's it called? Parallel. Yeah, so, yeah. But maybe the entrance is on. I don't know. It was on Delaware. Oh, the bad. sign was on Delaware. The placard. Yeah, no. Last time I went okay. down there, it was uh, it was on Delaware. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, man. yeah, I went to one because they offer free groups down there. What? And I was trying to remember, what the hell was the last one I went to? It's been a, it's been a year or so, but it wasn't dream interpretation. I don't know. It, I think it had something to do with the Eastern Eastern thought and Carl Jung. I don't quite remember. But, yeah, they offer free stuff down there all the time. That's cool. Like yeah. actual therapy groups or like just, just like educational groups, Discussion stuff. groups, educational oh, stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Next time we should have just not dipped out so quick and just hey, popped man. our head in. I wanted to go. Was it Thursday or Friday? It was on a Friday. All right. Next I looked them up online. I've got the website saved in my favorites. Okay. Yeah, but Young Young's definitely one yeah. of my favorites as far as like the beginning mm-hmm. of psychology. Mm-hmm. I loved. I like Otto Rank a lot. Adler's pretty good, but Young. I was love definitely, Adler. He's my man. Adler's yep. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love all those guys. That's Freud. Cool. As crazy as Freud was, he had a lot of awesome people around him. He did. I guess he was a pioneer, but like it's crazy to think today, studying psych, um, how much he's basically like discounted. Mm -hmm. Like we learn about him because we have to, because he's kind of like the founding father. But it's like, yeah, nobody really thinks psychoanalytic therapy type stuff anymore because it's evolved so much to have, I guess, identified other ways that the human mind operates and um, then like manifests in 
terms of our like dictated behaviors and feelings and thoughts and stuff like that. He was just very like a one track mind. Well, he was. But stuck that's how on, all ideas was, think, yeah. or how all ideas come about. Like he was so stuck on libido, he wouldn't let go oh, yeah. of it. He and he was so yeah. stuck on being like I'm, I'm the, the right, man. I'm the man. Yep. And like I've I've talked about As this he with talks my about colleagues. Egocentrism. Oh yeah, I've talked about this with like peers in my in my field and my classes. Like the psych theorists like it was such a competition in mm-hmm. terms of like when they would like discover a theory or a concept and like they were not very much like comrades and like partners in the field of like oh that's so interesting i'm gonna like continue to follow this guy or this woman or whatever but it was like no i'm right you're wrong it was, i'm it was i don't crazy. know but i really don't know about any other types of of like fields of science i don't know if that same dynamic happens it did. but well, at the same just, time it's crazy how they were just like i'm the best i'm the pioneer like my theory is correct and you you don't know what you're talking about it's just i can I identify with that it's wild. Wild. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well i mean <laughs> at the same time you had so you know 1900s late mm-hmm. 1800s electromagnetism's discovered yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the 1900s, and then here's Freud and Jung. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you have this crazy shit going on in science, mm-hmm. which with quantum physics mm-hmm. is now discovered. And yep. Einstein's theory of relativity, I think, was 1912. And all of a sudden, they're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're just like, there's no way this isn't right. You're wrong. I'm right. Mm-hmm. And it's good in the sense of it produces more productivity. Mm-hmm. Like, people are motivated to keep continuously, all right, no, I'm going to prove him wrong. Mm-hmm. And they find things. But at the same time, when it becomes this, like, dark, evil, I'm going to yes. prove you wrong because you're a scumbag piece of shit, whatever it is. Like, is it really and about the people and the patients anymore? Yeah. More so exactly. about being the about best ego. of the best, yeah, right? Absolutely. The ego. There we go. Which it's I it's always, been driving the field for, for Which in psychology, I always found that ironic. I know. Well, it is pretty ironic. When you yeah. talk about the egocentrism and then mm-hmm. you are it. Yeah, which yeah. is classic Freud right mm-hmm. there. It Projected. drives innovation though, just like capitalism does. Mm-hmm. It's competition, man. It people, does drive. People have an it innate does drive. Yeah, want mm-hmm. to be good or better mm-hmm. than. I but, don't know where that stems from. But you from. can do that completely. Do that without being egocentric. Oh, absolutely. And that, that was absolutely. that's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question. But they kind of go hand in hand. But you there's, need there's, competition. Yeah. Oh my god! I think yeah, you have to be a very mindful innovation. person to be able to separate yourself from that ego-driven um, fuel, I guess, and more so like I re- we want to figure out the root of these problems or ideas for the betterment of mankind and eh. well-being instead of being this figure in history mm-hmm. that has founded this concept and I'm going to go down in the books forever. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, well, I think you have think to be able to separate yourself if your mindset, from that. And mm, that's difficult to do. I think it is. If that's your what, primary yeah. thought it's a is like, I'm going to be the best at something. Not like I'm going to be, I'm going to go down in the history books for all time. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. But if you think, if you tell, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no doubt. But if you like tell yourself, I'm going to be the best at this, the benefit to others just comes inherently. Well, I mean, we yeah. all have our things that we're interested in. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that I don't know dick about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can talk philosophy, psychology. But that's really about where my my interests end. Science. <laughs> I can teach Garrett how to drink water out of a bottle. Uh, right. We yeah. need I mean, a more like horizon, childlike. Horizon up, I think. needs to. Uh, horizon needs to up their their swag. Their swag game. Yeah, their, their water bottles. Yeah, I didn't bro. even have that when I was there. So you're lucky. Employees only, dog. Oh yeah, that thing's leaking everywhere. <laughs> I know it's brutal. Just take the lid off. Yeah, let's take the lid off. Sometimes it doesn't do it. I was allowing my eight-month-old nephew to drink out of that thing with the lid off, and I just helped him. Mm-hmm. So you can do it. Maybe you can get it. Can I think it. so. I believe in myself. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to go too far. And believe, I believe in myself because then I'll become egocentric. Yeah, we don't want that. So like, we'll develop a complex. Just the way you said that sounded egocentric. I gotta be mindful. <laughs> oh God, bro. It's a fine line between cocky and confidence. There is. Yeah, no doubt. Just like there is a fine line between enabling and helping. Hmm. Massive, massive line, and I watch people cross it all the time. It's easy to I do. I even do it at times because I think it's so based on the individual mm, as well. For sure, it is, and it's hard and the to enabler. define. It. Yep, yeah. and the enabler, like yeah. who the or the enabler slash helper is. Yeah, like, yeah. I think if I'm gonna let you lay around the house all day and fucking do nothing and sit on the computer and take your suboxone, that's and an t- obvious one. And tell me you're looking for jobs for two years, like I did, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, that's an obvious one. I see no changes in you. Like, you need to get out of my house. Like, here's an example. So when I first got out of the village, the car I have now was basically giving to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, it was my parents and, you know, they were, there was a point after about a month of me being in this Oxford house, they, my mom was, I was having a conversation with her and we were discussing things and she was like, like, I don't know if me letting you use the car is enabling or not. And we were just really trying to be open and discuss Mm -hmm. these things. And what I came to was, like you said, I wasn't sitting on the couch, you know, I was out looking for things. I was doing, I'm putting 40 to 60 hours a week into this room nine and not getting paid a penny. I'm trying to go do, I mean, I'm picking people up and going to meetings and stuff like that. So there's this, but there's this line sometimes like people get confused. And this is why even on here, I talk about education for parents, family members and everything Absolutely, is because based on the individual, sometimes it's very difficult to see Mm -hmm. my enabling him by letting him use the car all the time or taking my credit card to get gas. I think, sorry to interrupt you there. I think because I'm, I have like an almost identical situation going on right now. I think what, what would, I guess, identify it more as enabling is what actions came from you being afforded this car. Mm-hmm. I'm going through kind of a similar thing. My sister last year, just about a year ago, gave me her little four-door car um, because her and my brother-in-law were pregnant. So they bought a, a, an SUV and she paid the insurance for me for the rest of the year. And it was going to be up until January. It's like $124, nothing crazy. But I'm, I was still in school working a shitty part-time job to try and put towards my bills. <laughs> also doing other destructive things unbeknownst to many people, but, um, and even myself, whatever. Mm-hmm. But point is maybe three weeks ago, my brother-in-law her husband said, you know, I think it's time that you take over the car insurance. You know, this was supposed to be until January. Now we're into May and like, nothing's you know, changed. nothing's really changed. Like, you know, your sister, her unemployment has stopped because she's still on mat leave, but she was getting um, maternity leave pay from the government and then her employer was topping it up. So she would get 100% of her earnings that not the unemployment didn't stop um, her job stopped paying the top up. So she's only making like 60% okay. of her wages now so she doesn't have any more income but either way i reached out to him this was a texting conversation and i told him you know i totally understand you know your wife my sister reached out to me and we've already had this conversation i just wanted to let you know you know i've secured my internship back again which had been a five-month hiatus and you know i have plans to find a new job i'm going to be moving to buffalo i'm feeling really good I've, i've i've identified some mental health struggles that i've had and like i'm 100% committed to actually starting therapy and getting help for myself and not just dicking off anymore. And so he wrote back with, I'm so happy to hear that. Like, congratulations on that. And he's like, you know what? It'd be unrealistic for you to take on that expense, you know, if you're still trying to achieve your dreams and not really making that much of an income. But I can see that you're doing the work to get there. And it's really great to see how will we compromise. And um, for the next three months, we split it 50. 50. Awesome. So yeah. I guess the message there was like, I showed him actions that have come with being able to have this car and that will still require me having this vehicle, this independent way of getting around. And that is what I think made him realize like, okay, we're helping her for a legitimate the reason. Speak way louder so than words. The that, that louder idea, than words. that message, that lesson there, I think is what can help uh, defi- define that line between enabling and helping a lot more because enabling I think you automatically um, associate it with continuing destructive or negative behaviors which is true but also the definition of the word enabling could be like synonymous with like facilitating or mm-hmm. um, influencing but that is generally associated with doing better for oneself So in this situation with both you and I in this car and you showing your mom that, you know, you're or not even necessarily showing, but you're telling me and Garrett right now what has come with being able to have that vehicle. You're not just fucking off in it. You know, a you know a pretty affordable place to live, and yeah. um, you're, you're doing good things since you've since you've gotten back on your feet. And I think that is what can help outsiders 
identify that it is not enabling any sort of um, backpedaling or remaining in the same place that you came from and that's not gotten better. But I think enabling and helping in that situation too, actually, I just thought of this, are like the one in the same then. Mm -hmm. Because if it's helping you, it's also enabling you to do better. So like they're more of more synonyms than they are. Well, generally speaking, um, the word... Distinguishable things with negative slash positive connotations. Yeah, enabling always has a negative connotation mm-hmm. to it. There's no positive. Oh, I'm enabling. But is that our to... mindset? Is that what Absolutely. we feel, language, or is that dic- dictionary type? It. Uh, who knows? We're not looking up Webster. I'm just it's, asking it's, if that's your. I. If that's society's. It's, it's ingrained idea. It's the language of uh, of of addiction. I mean, it's the language okay. that's generally used yes. in this. Okay, that's field of study or mm-hmm. lifestyle or whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is you really want to yes. call it. If you're if you're going to call something the language enabling. of addiction, I think is a great way to put it. Sure, it, yeah, mm-hmm. no, it is because you're absolutely right. Enabling itself is you know definitely not defined in a negative negative connotation. Mm-hmm. No, but when you use this it bottle, the, enables me to hold water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, albeit exactly. Poorly, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, no, it, it holds water me. just fine, but not. It, it yeah, when you, it's when you try to drink out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's garbage. It's straight trash. Bro. I miss that zebra bottle. Sorry, Maddie. Well, that's right. Yeah. Either way, man. Yeah. So enabling again, she got into it in a very long-winded way. Um, <laughs> it's my specialty. That's she's great at. I think talking I talking about water and down. Sean understood what I was he saying. He did. I did too. Completely did. It just yeah. waters. It's just whatever. I, know, I, I, have I a we're different with... there. We're different. That's all, and that's okay. I do get annoyed yeah. with it sometimes, but it's okay. I still love you to death. Um, Thank you. Yep. Because um, he gets annoyed with it, that means you have to change, not him. That's right. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. No, I just practice my deep breathing and whatever, man. Um, yeah, no, enabling definitely has a negative connotation on it. And it does. It goes with behaviors. Like I said, if I'm sitting around the house drinking tea and freaking eating Suboxone and playing Call of Duty, like like I said, which I did for years, and I'm not doing shit to change myself, or even um, my parents are driving me to a job, so I'm working, but I'm making money and I'm not paying my bills. They're still paying for my phone, and I'm spending fucking $500 a week on heroin. Mm-hmm. Also enabling, also enabling, or I spend all that money that I got to the job of my own, on my own accord, but then I spend all that money on dope and then mom, I need food or mom, I need cigarettes or whatever the case may be, whatever, man. It's crazy. It's really crazy. That is enabling me to spend all my money on heroin and like in some way think it's okay because I'm not being... Stopped or Which there's a lot of a lot of parents out there. Whatever. I know people that drive Brothers, their kids sisters. to go buy fucking heroin. It's and I'm like, what are you talking about? You're driving your fucking son to buy heroin. Really? It's nuts. Yeah. Really? So you're coming out of your 401k to give this kid $200 a day and you're driving him to the dope man's house. So my parents, my parents know this couple. Italian. Uh, they were married. Italian father. They had a son. So he's got like this old school Italian mentality, like, you know, we've got to take care of our son. We take care of our kids. These people are now divorced. Their son is dead. They have no property. They have no retirement, like nothing, nothing. All because they thought they were doing the right thing. And there goes back again. It goes back to. And their kids fucking Not being educated because taking care of your son would be not giving him money and taking him to go to. The uh, yeah. sometimes taking care of somebody means you have to do something they don't want or you don't want. Yeah. I mean, my parents put me out. I had just completed five and a half months in the village in 08 and wrapped up two court cases after like three years. And I went, I left court in Williamsville and I was out in the parking lot shooting oxies like straight like away, that. straight mm-hmm. away. Just got done with a standing ovation from like 85 people in a courtroom. I don't even know. They're there for fucking traffic court. And I, I knew that I was just fucking off for five and a half months chasing broads around and playing volleyball. Like I had to do that shit. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go get, I didn't want to get better. I loved what I did. Mm-hmm. Loved it. What, what changed it for you this time around? This time? Interesting. Um, I did everything on, not on my own. Obviously I had the help of a million clinicians and, yeah, and but people. You, I mean, you, but I, I made the decision to walk from Tonawanda to ECMC for the second time in three days because I got denied on a Friday and then on that Monday morning, I was like, "Fuck!" 
I got a text from my aunt who I don't talk but to. But do you want That's in on your own I free will? Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think that might be, is that what, like, initiated it because i know you told me you said like i was just sick of living this way but that sounds that's just very cliche like was there a something that made you say okay i'm walking in here yeah Yeah. on that on friday i had gone and tried to get into detox i had a really bad benzo problem and but why did you try and get into detox um that's because i couldn't do it anymore man i was living with some fucking dude i was whoring myself out to him i just I was at everyone else's I had no control over anything that happened in my life. Nothing. Mm. Like nothing. It wasn't even like living with him. It was just everything. I had no control over anything at all. And Other I just couldn't do it and anymore. Things controlled you. Absolutely. I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't want to do it. That's the difference. Because mm-hmm. there's been many times where I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't want to mm. anymore. I just didn't want to. It just enough was enough. You're done. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. those epiphanies, I think, come, and we don't do. know even what triggered Why? Them. Where it came and from, And I yeah. think that's the mystery that kind of makes us all curious when there's, like, like what made you think, I don't want to do this anymore? I, I've i never really thought about, like, maybe, I, you know, he just can't pinpoint it. It, it well, just happened, are, so what does it matter? It and, it, and it did years. happen, so what does it matter? It was Is 19 he wanted years to of do trying it? to do it 80 billion mm-hmm. different ways. Okay. I'll take this drug. I won't take this drug. I'll do it on weekends. I'll fucking, you name it. I fucking tried. <laughs> I'm serious, bro. I have fucking tried it. I'm serious. No, no, I'm but, totally yeah. serious. Like, and then I just, I'm like, fuck. Well, maybe that one thing that like I've never wanted to do. Maybe that, I, and I see work for like hundreds and thousands yeah. of people. Maybe, maybe I'll try it. Like, maybe I'll just do these few things that they're telling me to do. But it's, it's funny because as beautiful as language is, it's very limiting. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that we experience and go through in life that are in, completely ineffable. Like you, yeah. you just not put words to it. Yeah. Correct. And I mean, I think that's one of those yes, things. Exactly. Like all of a sudden, I'm, I need to change. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know what mm-hmm. it's come from. I think that's why we've probably yeah. have created religion and so many other things. Totally. To try to quantify Like it. there's yeah. something intangible, unthinkable that just um, entered our system of control Mm -hmm. and thinking and whatever and made that decision for us but for the better yeah yeah it's wild never thought of it like that Mm -hmm. yeah and just and you hear a lot about that and just addiction spirituality makes a lot of sense now like in terms of that being a component of like recovery and stuff when when you look at spirituality like in a way of we trying to explain something ineffable it Mm -hmm. does it does kind of make more sense then Mm -hmm. yeah when some people try to use it as like this factual, all-knowing, right, like, right, right, this right. is it, this yeah. is you know, no, no, you no, have no, to no. do. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes very nah. annoying. Sorry, or God. maybe like your ancient subscribe. aliens or something. Fire flame, right there. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. But either yeah, way, this world's... that X factor that we don't really know what mm-hmm. it is that brought you to ECMC. Yeah, take yeah, yeah, to walk. You actually walked huh? from Tanawanda. How long yeah. did that take? Uh, hour. That's it. Yeah, man. I used the bike path. Huh, huh. Yeah. That's not too bad. Went and hopped the fence in dude's yard and got on the bike path. That is where you like dope sick or anything? I was about to have a seizure. Oh. I like literally begged this dude for one last one milligram Xanax. So I was like, please, dude. Like, I'm going to have a fucking seizure. The last time I had seizures from benzo withdrawal, they thought I stroked out. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, they thought I had a stroke. Yeah. I chewed out a tooth. I never like, got into the benzos. Brutal. Yeah, I never did it. I'll take heroin withdrawal all day. Give it up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I'll have the flu for a week. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, no that's... benzo withdrawal. Fuck that. Screw that all. Speaking of, I guess, going back to like the psychology of things. Mm-hmm. So I got clean on my own for just like a month at my parents' house. My girlfriend was like, go get your shit together. Go see your parents, get your shit together, and we'll talk. We'll, you know, I just want you to get better. So, and that sucked. That was, you know, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I lasted like 30 days clean, and that was it. I mean, I didn't work on any shame or guilt or anything. No. So I just, I just stopped let's using. Let's put the drugs and, down. And yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Let's not talk about any of this fucked up things I did. We'll put that under the carpet. We'll just keep and, going forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously that failed. And in jail, though, my withdrawal, and I probably got arrested, what, four or five mm, months after psychosomatics. that? Psychosomatics. Yep. In jail, nowhere my near withdrawal was nothing. Yep, because your brain knows. Nothing. You know, it's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole you know mind over matter 
kind of thing. I wouldn't know about. I don't know about nothing. So your withdrawal was nothing compared to what it was at home. It's greatly mitigated. It's mitigated, incredibly mitigated. It was total. It was a walk. Do you think it's because of the environment you were in? It's like more of like I have to stay in survival mode here too, more than anything. I think that could like more than other situations. It's like my senses have to be heightened and help me more than like this stuff that's actually killing me Mm. right now because this is notoriously Uh. known for being, you know, an unsafe, unideal Mm -hmm. environment to be living in, sleeping in, whatever, compared to, like, the comfort of your own home. Well, I always always play that scenario in my head, like, if I'm really sick or whatever it is and Mm -hmm. I can barely move and I was like, what if somebody came here just fucking shooting up the place or something? All of a sudden... Dude, I think about that. I wouldn't be sick. I would be flying. We just talked about this yesterday. Of, you know, the two people that you had to call in for ODing, and you said, like, oh, I was high yeah. too, but I fucking I jumped lit. into, like, just banged a half gram of fentanyl. The, a- mm-hmm. the adrenaline. Indeed, the- at the same time, and, and I'm fucking. You're sober. D- d- so yeah. there's scenarios sober. that. I'm like Superman. Yeah. Fuck sober. Scenarios yeah. that different systems take over Absolutely. in you, I think, which is why the body and the mind are such fascinating. Super fascinating. The connection Things. is just... And how, like, you never know why every little thing in our body and our mind and our brain might be useful. It's like thinking about the freaking food chain and bugs and this and that. And it's like, ew, nasty worms and slugs. Like, what are their fucking purpose? But they're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so many things that so, we are made up of that so. clearly serve a purpose. And we never know until we might be in a situation where, like, something kicked in. And you're like, how the fuck did I survive that? That may be something to really now like step back from and learn about because it's mm-hmm. it'll be like, wow, I just learned what was going on, on inside of me. It's super, super trippy. That helped me. Yeah. Or that like lessened my belief or idea of what withdrawal was compared to what I felt like at home. Like what was doing that for me? So going with that, what you were just saying, mm-hmm. uh, that mode of thought that there's all these systems in our body mm-hmm. and it's connected to the brain, which mm-hmm. is like more powerful than our even best supercomputers today mm-hmm. in 2019. And that there's all these systems that work in conjunction with one another. And the fact that there's how many miles of veins in our body, like how can you possibly, how can anyone possibly think that there is not some type of intelligent creation, God, Mm-hmm. Allah, like whatever oh, yeah. the hell you want to call it. designed it yeah. specifically. Absolutely. Everything, to preserve. I mean, bees pollinate flowers, which, like, if the bees died, we'd be, like, fucked as mm-hmm. a species. That's insane, dude. Like, that's fucking nuts. The human race would cease to exist if bees died. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember reading an article, and it went through, like, after... 20 years without bees, 40 years without bees. Uh-huh. Like, and eventually, yeah, it was crazy. We're doomed. The what destruction of, every, the, of the, it's, the planet. It's like the a whole thing. Yeah, pretty much. I believe it's like the pollination of the flowers. And then the plants start with, dying. Yeah, I don't know. It's been like two years. Oxygen, oxygen doesn't come, get yeah, filtered. Yeah, okay. Something like that. I mean, that's where my mm-hmm. brain's going with it. I haven't really read much about something. it. Photosynthesis is the way plants take light. Uh, and Osmosis. No, osmosis. Uh, that's how... I'm thinking were, of all I, these biological scientific was, terms. Okay. That's how I got into recovery was through osmosis. 19 years of <laughs> facilities and treatment and outpatient. And, uh, sure, I know all this shit. I know more than clinicians, but... I know, he says that a lot. I probably know more than the people I treating do. me. I'm quite confident in that. Maybe I'm just being cocky. I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You learn a lot yeah. when you get into treatment. Well, the, the interconnectedness 14. of everything is insane. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It is. It's pretty. Amazing. It's pretty crazy. Mind blowing. And for it's sure. cr- it's amazing that there's people out there that want to study that and do research and experiments and shit like that, so that we can actually learn why. It's like there's a purpose for everybody. I hope yeah, it is. Like what's, I'm not into research. The oh, it's like rough end. Every time I lean back on it when I come forward, it's like my shirt's stuck to it. Maybe there's something sticky hmm. on it. No, there's <laughs> not. Okay. Yeah, I mean it depends yeah. what I'm researching. Like I'm not into research at all. Like when I was in my undergrad doing psych, where I went to school in Canada, like we the psych students, we had to have an average of um, at least eighty to be able to do a thesis in final year, like our fourth year. Mm-hmm. I never made it to an 80 average, but I also told myself, like, I'm not interested in the research. I'm not really? interested in contributing to the science. I want to be the one that helps people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be running participants and doing experiments with a placebo and this 
and that and the control groups and da 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 da. Like that takes years, and then publishing a paper. Who wants like, to do I, work? I can write essays like psych papers, like yeah. no tomorrow. But like reading actual psychological journal mm. articles. And how long that process takes. It's like years and years of like editing, submitting it mm -hmm. to a journal for acceptance or not, getting published. Like, it's boring. I think all of that also just stems from the fact that I'm a very results oriented person. And I think in this arena, psychology, results can be achieved a lot faster and easier when applying the stuff that's already out there that I'm learning about mm -hmm. that helps people to those people as opposed to like, evolving the science which is like snails walking through tar i don't know is, that's, that is a slow process i don't know yeah. i've never really that's broken right. down yeah. my aversion to research like that <laughs> but i think it does ultimately fall under the idea that i just want to help the people and like seeing results in terms of helping them like not so much like oh my god i did it i cured that person, help but i want to i want to help them get better because yeah. now more than ever I know how people struggle because I am going through mental health challenges and addiction and it's like I know it in my bones now what it is mm -hmm. that we learned about in the textbooks that were written in those journal articles about it, you know yeah. um one you know um participant one through 287 it's like that result right there of them understanding where their anxiety comes from was based on what these PhD doctors were doing for years to publish that article to validate that method. It's like, I can't be a part of all of that. I want to see how it helps somebody yeah. mm -hmm. instead. So, see the actual results. Yeah. Which, I mean, they're both, you can argue, they're both obviously equally as important. But of I'm course. thankful but, yeah, that there are people the in my field that want to do wanna that do shit. It, yeah. Sorry, because how else would we then have ways to help people mm -hmm. if there weren't interested students that wanted to figure that out and find the best way, mm -hmm. best practice? Yeah. So. I'm just not going to be one of them. <laughs> I will carry out your work for you on the subject. I mean, it's, analog today. it's analogous to theoretical <laughs> but, yeah. physics yeah. and experimental physics. Exactly. You, know, you can't have one without the other. You exactly. need them both. And, and mean, that's the best part of having like just a dynamic of different types of people and minds and thinking and what they feel their purposes are and their dreams. It's like, thank God there's such a variety. And my favorite thing about all of it is... And this is why it's my favorite subject is it all starts with philosophical thinking. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to think philosophically in order to even come up, especially in the sciences. Do you think Freud was philosophical? I think he had to be. <laughs> yeah, I'd be in interested to find out where his... Granted, again, I guess it depends on what you mean by philosophical, but yeah. obviously he had to be in deep, deep thinking and trying to figure things out, even start a theory of anything. I Correct. think something, I think it stemmed from his own... Oh, I'm, like, I'm sure it did. Like, he had Parental an attraction issues. to his mother, like, mm -hmm. you know, the Oedipus and <clears throat> Electric Complex, all mm -hmm. that stuff. Definitely. So he's probably very aware and, I guess, in tune with, I don't know. But at the I'm same giving time, him too much credit. No, you, no I, honestly, I don't think people <laughs> anymore know. give him enough credit, especially for when it was that yeah. he was coming up with yeah. all of his stuff. But actually, you're right, because... Prior to that, like, I love learning about the the history of psychology and mm -hmm. psychotherapy specifically. Like, yeah. prior to the, the people pioneers, like, and, and theory, it was very much spiritual-based. Mm -hmm. Like, they thought you were possessed by demons. Yeah. And they did... Uh, what was it called? Like encephalus something. Or it's some sort of a procedure where they like literally drilled a hole in your skull thinking mm -hmm. that that would make the spirits escape. They would use these people that they called crazy in insane asylums and that was entertainment. People would oh go and pay gosh. to see That's the freaks. Fucked. It was nuts. <laughs> so it was never seen patients. as something that can be helped. It was like, look at these I don't know, oddities. like oddities. I was going to say anomalies, but that's not correct. Like, yeah, wow. And and then thinking today, like there are s hundreds of thousands, millions of people that are still just like that. But yeah. we know how to actually help them. Mm -hmm. I think things And are they aren't, I mean, they are still seen as freaks. Stigma still exists, but not so much no as putting them as on us yeah. in a spotlight and in cages, <laughs> like at a damn circus. Yeah. So it's, it, it is interesting to see how like Freud was one of the founders of like being able to study and want to help that mm -hmm. and change how inhumane um, we, they were, were doing, people were yeah. treated. 
you know, and not that they were essentially ignored. You know, people died and killed themselves or were tortured at the expense of other people or at the hands of other people. And I guess he was part of the the change of science. It still happens, though. I mean, people people addicts, dude, we have the highest. We have five percent of the world's population in this country. Twenty five percent of the world's prison incarceration. Mm -hmm. It's insane. So. And I think it's like 88% of people that are incarcerated are in there because of drug offenses. Mm-hmm. So, And mental health. And, yeah, absolutely. The mental health and the drug addiction, oh they, 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 they coexist. Oh, my That's Lord. That's the always, war on drugs. Always. It's ridiculous. It's a man. war on people. It is. It's a war on people mm-hmm. and an illness, mm-hmm. which is, of course, propagated by... Like, drugs are just an effective... Well, they're unhealthy, but they're an effective. Like, they fucking work. They're a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. That's what drugs are, mm-hmm. and people don't people don't get that. People just think like, oh, they're having a good time. Which drugs are fun? Don't get me wrong. Drugs are definitely a good some, time, man. Yeah, some. for sure, man. Give me some ecstasy and some glow sticks, and I'm fucking having a blast. Dancing to sandstorm. Bullshit. I could never. I couldn't. I can't take hallucinogenics and go in crowds. Bro, MDMA is. You see trails and shit. There's no. Like, I just can't. No, well, obviously, I know, like, I've never like, hallucinated on any uh, hallucinogenics that I've taken. Mm-hmm. Psychoactive substances. I've never like seen things. I've only seen waves, but I mean that's it. But I, mean, I just I can't. Cool too. When I go, I become to extremely. Be honest, in my recovery, I'm totally gonna take some more fucking mushrooms. I, There's no I wouldn't. Question. I would never argue with that. No question. Never. No question. And I have no qualms about telling that to anybody. Like, yeah, mom no. and dad, I'm gonna fucking. Eat some mushrooms again. Like, yeah, no, I've said whatever. that to my, I mean, even my, I mean, I sit down with my girlfriend and we'll take, you know, LSD and around a campfire mushrooms together and talk Fuck about yeah. our relationship Fuck and how yeah. we can work Boosting. on things and yeah. just, I mean, they're such beautiful tools. And speaking of like psychotherapy, <laughs> to use MDMA. those in yeah. a correct, you know, ecstasy was set and setting. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was being used initially in Houston, what a, Texas. What were they doing the Ibogaine? Ibogaine? That yeah, started, that's the LST, isn't it? No, no that's totally different. Yeah, that's oh, like okay. a bark from a root. Yeah. Okay. They're, I knew a girl who was using that to help with her hair. Opiates. Yeah, they want to go to like Mexico mm-hmm. for it. At least it. The, the research they have done anyway. The it's out west. Research. It was out west. Of yeah, yeah you can find places in like Arizona. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You guys, it, they're pretty. They're a lot more progressive up for there. Sure. They just legalized fucking very, mushrooms in Denver. They are yeah. a harm reduction center. Like, yeah, I'm all about the harm reduction. Oh but God. real quickly oh. with the psychotherapy, yeah. MDMA was initially used, ecstasy, mm-hmm. was initially used in like people who were um, end of life. Like late stage cancer, oh, late yeah. stage um, whatever, man, HIV, because this was in the 80s. In palliative mm-hmm. care, then they were just What's being kept comfortable. Poly- palliative care well, is well, like you are com- in like hospice. Yeah, they weren't You're being gonna die. kept comfortable. These people, they okay. did the ecstasy for like for them to like come oh. to terms with it, mm-hmm. and then also couples therapy. Okay, couples therapy. Never mind. That's that. huge. Mm-hmm. Well, they got that that one place been around. It's called Maps. Yeah, yeah, been uh, around. multidisciplinary association for psychoactive substances, psychedelic studies. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah psychedelics and, and um, yeah, but it's crazy with the work they've done with oh, MDMA, PTSD. Yeah, PTSD, mm-hmm. huge, huge, so many, huge. Well, so when I was at the first, my first um, rehab, my short term, I remember talking with this kid, and I'm just like I said, I've been a huge fan of psychotherapy. I just love it, mm-hmm. and so anytime I have a conversation with people or some meet with somebody, like I'm always just soaked in them and want to learn and figure out techniques to converse with people and whatever and so i was talking to this kid for two hours it took me to get him to talk about his dad and that took two hours and i remember like thinking laying in my bed that night with with like lsd or even mushrooms like all those walls are gone yep there's no protective walls mm-hmm. up anymore, and you just feel like this oneness. It's like and a you're truth just, serum. Yeah, it really, <laughs> it kind of, it kind of is. At yeah, least it absolutely. knocks down every egotistical wall you have. Yeah. Or protective wall. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. For sure. And it just they're gone, and you talk about things. How do you feel after that, though? Like, do you feel? Do you remember that you talked about something like that? I've never not remembered something. And does it? Do you you feel now? Do you feel confident now and comfortable talking about vulnerable sub like topics? Absolutely. Like I know, being you know, a clinician in training that. There's a whole process. There is a whole thing behind the client counselor relationship and trust mm-hmm. building. And, you know, that that there's like uh, Carl Rogers' 
three conditions. Yeah, he yep. called, like the empathy, unconditional positive regard, and being genuine. The therapist being genuine are all conducive to opening up that conversation from the client's point of view, mm-hmm. making them feel safe and able to talk about their deepest, darkest, most painful stuff that's often presented ways down the line. They always tell us like the presenting problem is never the presenting problem. Like not. if I come to you that's and say, you know, yeah. I'm devastated because I just broke up with my boyfriend, like there's eventually under all the layers but the but the the onion layers take certain variables to peel back to facilitate the peeling back of so i'm wondering with like lsd or something like that if if this dude that you were talking to had taken it and opened up about his dad will he now afterwards or regret regret it or will he now have a newfound like sense of safety ability to talk about yeah, the it makes difficult you comfortable things with yourself but i mean like, once it's worn off is what i I'm understand asking. that's why they did that does exactly it what they did with ecstasy help you now reach this new acceptance uh, a level of acceptance not yeah. even acceptance mm-hmm. ability to go to a place that so what you're asking basically is if i took some lsd yeah. open up about something Afterwards, would I be okay with it and be open to talk about it with? And more so, talk more open. That's a in general. That's a really actually an awesome question. That's a great question. Which was something I would have to research. I know my my personal experience. Does it have an after effect? Yes, let's call it. I mean, my personal experience. Every time I've tripped, it's affected me afterwards, and of course, in a beneficial way. In a beneficial way, me too, for sure. But that's me. I don't, you know, I've never. So, like, unlocks this ability to feel comfortable with anybody, Mm -hmm. essentially. Yes, because well, you feel this, this, this incredible, like this incredible oneness with everything and love and acceptance. And I remember the one time, the first time I tripped. I mean, I've learned so much. I've become a better listener. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've learned, wow, I talk too much, whatever it is. So many things. Mm-hmm. I, the list goes on of things I've learned from tripping. And I remember <laughs> the first time I did it, I was with my good buddy. And I just remember generally thinking, no conditions attached. Like, I love this dude. He's like a brother to me. And then I remember thinking, anybody could walk through that front door right now and I'd feel the same way about them. Yeah, we're like, all I people. would love them no matter what, unconditionally. I Absolutely. would love And you realize this, just this whole oneness and as cliche and as hippie and as mm. stupid as that has been beaten down mm-hmm. to you really do you feel this just sure. connection with everything. everybody i just told her about it last night just yeah. told her about it last night i mean my dog i feel like the, my dog is like yeah, just bro. my another, another the grass day. like you yeah. hear the, the stories mm-hmm. i want to get naked and roll around in the mud like you do mm-hmm. you feel one with the trees and the plants mm-hmm. and everything and it's just it's such a beautiful really again going back to ineffable because mm-hmm. I've had some you, very ineffable yeah. experiences mm-hmm. oh, my Lord. Yeah. on hallucinogenics. Now, I don't want to. There's a lot of people should not be taking them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if you have like an underlying like mental psycho, issue, psych, yeah. like psychosis, schizophrenia, schizophrenia. You have schizophrenia. Let's be. It's um, the words. Remember the language. The language. I mean, cannabis <laughs> can cause that. I mean, they have mm-hmm. you know research in For that. For sure. So, yeah. yeah. For sure. It caused a psychotic break like that. It's crazy, but I told you, you know, so you have to be careful. Once before, a friend of mine in ele- or high school, she, uh, I didn't go, but a few people went on this like March break trip, spring break trip. Oh yeah, and she was at she. It like was to Quebec. No, it was to Quebec, uh, Montreal. A group of people. She was probably like fifteen. 16 and they oh, sought out some pot from people at this hotel like other students vacationing on spring break and when she came back to st Catharines and back to school like she had all of these bizarre after experiences really? Really? and like my sister was in class watching her she got up and went to the chalkboard and started drawing on the chalkboard what? and like said something to my sister about my father who's passed Bogged away out, and and she had a, a an aversive reaction and That's ended crazy. up having to go to the hospital and her parents were so pissed at the the students that she went to on this trip with. like, like how could fault. you how could you it's let her go off and fault. smoke some yeah. strange weed that like you don't even know but it was that was the, the that was the one and the one and only lettuce. time though <laughs> that was the one and only lettuce. time though i had do that i'd heard about what if you what? jumped on the windows excuse me you're excused that was the one and only time i'd heard about such an ever like yeah, and, I've not and like anybody. lacing yeah. of marijuana like it i don't know but it, i also thought too like it could have been like just the perfect cocktail of something else that was going Mm -hmm. on inside her that triggered that reaction. There's no way they would have known if it was laced because it's gone. It was gone. And, you know, so, but 
thinking about that now in retrospect, like there, you, you could be made up of like what's, what's already going on inside you, your brain chemicals, your levels of hormones, your this or that. Yeah, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. No question. Sure. I've heard stories of people who take one dose of acid and they're fucking spun out for life. Mm-hmm. Like spun the fuck wow. out. Yeah, man. Done. Like they need to be another in reason why home. I don't take psychoactive substances around people. Unless oh, I'm no. very close to you. I would be got to have a good, good safe space. Like, I hate that setting. liberal bullshit. I've never yeah. done anything like that, but I would want to be, like, at home Absolutely. on my couch. Camping like, would be good. You need a good home Sometimes base. Just never in, in public. I mean, no. I can't even... I would never even think about going to a rave, to be honest. I, no. I'm so much di- fun. No. I don't know. Ecstasy is a different... Mm. It's Just a different, the unknown. I don't have that... I don't have the desire to, like, want to try it and be like, this. I hear all these stories. This is gonna be a fucking wild adventure that's not enough for me to want to go and try it i'm missing no. a component that like of, safety of, of, safety of the fearlessness. Is a huge, no it's like, not you I'm, have to have like when i would go to these raves and i would go up to toronto all the fucking time all the mm-hmm. time three four times a week sometimes for other reasons but they had the place up there the government i knew i had my hotel room to go back to or my group of friends I was curious about the after effects of using it in a therapeutic Mm -hmm. setting. You're curious at best. He knows what I wrote down, not personal consumption. So (laughs) whatever you want to think, think keep it in your head. I think you're curious. <laughs> is that going to have an effect on my like innate personality qualities? No, it will enhance. But it. I don't know. It will enhance. And it. not knowing that is Fear not of the worth it. Massive with you, I know. It's not worth it for me. So I'm aware. Leave it to Gary. You'll get there. You can do it. You'll get there. <laughs> I won't. What do you not like with that with attitude? Drugs? No, with you won't. Drugs? What you are you will not with about? that attitude. That is correct. No, Sean, you won't. Break this up. You won't. You won't. I know. I'm failing as a host right now. No. no. Oh, what is good? But Mediation is not a story. But I am gonna. I yeah. am gonna. Yeah. I want to look that up too about yeah, how uh, the after effects of it. That is that, that's a great question. That, yeah, it's a super good question. Mm-hmm. Super good question. Sweet. I agree. Sweet. But yeah. Five points, Morgs Gold Star. That's right. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I say we, we wrap this up. Oh, right really? On. Okay. Interesting. Hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. Man, I believe this it. Was fun. Time flies Woo-hoo. when you're doing this. I could do this fucking ten more times, man. Yeah, I love it. it. I didn't really get to talk much. I like, hope we can get. Uh, I hope I can get paid to do this one day. At, dude, that'd be dope. I really you hope. Sure. I, I really that's hope what I'm. Uh, I told you, man. Put I know it on I'm, Instagram or YouTube or. It's you? everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Bro, yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, man. I got the RSS feed. And I got the website. I got. I mean, I'm this close to becoming want, an official company so. maybe we'll go out and pound the pavement and knock on doors i told it. you dude there are people i know people like, yes i know people at evergreen i know like, there are people that believe a, in I'm this good, stuff yeah, and will are, be interested in sure. what people you interview or talk with I have to say really, especially really if it's a targeted man. subject yeah it, i you mean know? i have i have a, a handful of people who give to me monthly yeah That's money great. financially so there awesome. are people you know, I've gotten, I mean, I've been able to buy a new computer. I bought mic stands. I bought yeah, microphones. This, this setup I, is legit. Yeah, this sound is boards. I mean, I'm, I'm just very I've impressive. Been I'm proud of you. Yeah, very man, blessed. Thank sure. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of jealous. I missed the I computers. Know. Oh, I, I love it. I straight up thought this was just the studio in this house. Like, you guys made a room into a studio. I didn't no, know it I was wish. your bedroom. It is my bedroom. Yeah. But, yeah, man. I mean, my life revolves around this anyway. So, yeah, at awesome. this point, podcast trapping. Oh, yeah. Just no, we have to. We'll have to do this again because I feel I'd like we could to. sit here for another three hours okay. and talk. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, coming on and sharing. We should get in a replacement. Talking. Thank you. There's a lot of things we should get into. Oh, yeah. Shame and guilt is another one oh, I would man. love to get into. So sure. how it keeps us trapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I, That's right. You know, I was a bit apprehensive, but I'm very happy to have been here and engage in this conversation. It was very stimulating, and I thrive in this kind of setup mm-hmm. with uh, yeah, talking about things that Oxford are really House fascinating. <laughs> I don't literally mean the four-wall setup. I mean this environment and this Love mindset. That. Being with like minds yeah, is uh, really is so exciting. awesome. Yeah. Stimulating conversation. Like, oh, there's sure. times where like you could be exhausted and tired, and all of a sudden... Mm-hmm. A great conversation Absolutely. and you get perk right up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. It is absolutely. a good actual natural high. It's great. I agree. So thank you for I this agree. opportunity. Absolutely, you will be back. Good if you invite good. us. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. Oh, I, you'll be invited. Okay. I would love to do it. Man. Love to do Look it. Out. I yeah. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Sweet. Sweet. You guys are awesome. Thanks, you too. Later. Later. Thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you found yourself in nothing but utter bliss as you listen to this past episode. As always, a reminder to go on room9podcast.com and fill out a contact form. Check out the support page. Check out the blog. Just stay in touch with us. Let me know what you want to see happening around here because things are moving and I am being nothing but productive. So much love to you guys. Thank you for listening as always. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your financial help. If you're somebody who helps out financially or has helped out, you guys are awesome. All of you guys are awesome. Keep positive. Look for the blessings around you because they are there. It's up to you to find them and everybody has them so look for them that's my goal this week is to continuously look for the things that i have been blessed with all right i will talk to you next week peace out wait a minute you're sean cutting that's right how are you gonna know You're showing cutting. Stop asking fucking questions. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You better believe it. Oh, you better believe it. Right. Come on. You're showing cutting. That's right. That's right.